What is going on, guys? This is Rob Pearsall, and you are listening to the Mets Legends Cast. And as you could tell, I got a new mic, courtesy of Alex. Alex has a new mic. We're sounding great. I am super excited. And today, I'm even more excited because we are joined by a very special guest, a good buddy of ours, who has been editing our podcast the last month or so, doing some audio engineering stuff, really, really talented dude. And that is Eric Ames. And Eric, we will introduce you in a second, but just want to introduce you guys again to Alex, of course. Alex, how are you doing, buddy? How was your day? How was acupuncture? And also, what are your top five favorite kinds of chocolate bars? Yeah, don't put words in my mouth. Eric's a fine friend. He's a he's a just fine. He's a, fi- he's a fine friend, and I'll I'll be one willing to say he's a fine friend. But you, I don't know you you went pretty heavy there. I haven't even met the guy. You know, I don't even know what his handshake is like. Um, that's a good point. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what Eric's handshake is like either. And now that's going to be the burning question whenever I Facetime with him. Eric and I Facetime. We play MLB the Show together. Sometimes I'll be eating a Crunchwrap Supreme while we're playing, mm. and he'll so gentlemanly pause the game while I eat my crunch wrap. So, and Alex, don't skirt away from that question. I want you to oh, yeah. think of your top five favorite chocolates. Doesn't have to be right now, but at some point in the episode, I want it. Oh, know. I'll, you know, I'll give it to you. I mean, this, I feel like this is more of a question for my beautiful, lovely wife, uh, Caitlin, who my wife, my wife is for my wife, Caitlin, who, my wife. <laughs> uh, who she's a chocolatier. Uh, but I mean, I mean, I'm just a dark chocolate man in general. If it's not dark, fade me. You know, I I, I don't know. It's too sweet. My teeth get all hurty. Um, but if it's just like a classic type of chocolate bar, Snickers is the way to go. That was my struggle meal in Absolutely. college. It was, stri- it was Snickers and the non-chocolate Rice Krispies because I felt like I was getting more bang for my buck at the uh, vending machines in the Humanities Building in New Paltz. Um and then uh, from there, I guess like who chocolate bars, like the the H and then the H. Uh, I've never had those before. What what are those? They're, they're good. so good. They're, they're like stocked in Whole Foods, and they're always dark. There's like a cool hue, um, like building in the city, and it's really good. Uh, besides that, Bronner's Bronner's is it Bronner's is that how you say it? Bronner's Bronner's. I think they make some chocolates now too. They're the ones who make like the soaps. The the do it all. I was gonna I, ask, like Dr. Bronner's. Yeah, Dr. Bronner's. Yeah, they they have um they have them stocked at a lot of our local like organic grocers now too. Those are pretty good. They have a lot of different flavors. Uh, oh, Lagusta's Luscious. The yeah, shout out New Paltz. Shout out New Paltz. The vegan chocolates. They're pretty well known too. They're pretty well known. You see them in a lot of places. Or at the, they have them in the Taste of New York places. Uh, oh, they're they're uh, they're around. Yeah, no, they really are. They really are. And if you're ever in the city, go to this is a free plug. Go to confectionery. Not being paid. Not being paid by them. But we are not sponsored. Not sponsored. But I wish we were working though. on it. No, we're not. But we could be. <laughs> Unless. Unless you listening. <laughs> you listening. Uh, but confectionery with an exclamation point is in Manhattan as well, like in the East Village. And that place is Da Bomb, and they carry Lagusta's Luscious. It's like a partnership, and they also carry a vegan baker up here, Sweet Marisa's, which is Da Bomb, and they're located in Kingston. So I'm doing a lot of free plugs for some sweet places that I like. Uh, Rob, I'm more of a long story short. I'm more of a pastry boy 
but I do like a chocolate, and those are my answers. And I don't know if I named five, and not everything was chocolate, but that's it. That's all wow. you're gonna get from me. That was you were waiting that for that question your entire life. I think that was some. That was a great answer. That was great. Thank Let you. me just say, uh, I fully intend on editing that entire part out. <laughs> my my wow. my wife texted me and said I'm talking too much. Eric's canceled. Eric, goodbye. You're, you're no longer on the podcast. Yeah, I can't believe like, introduce introduce you yet. So forget well, Rob, here. Like, he like half introduced me, and then he immediately pivoted and went back to Alex. And I was like, "All well, right, here's I'll hang thing. around." And then Alex just started like dunking <laughs> on me. Yeah, for no reason. He said that you. He he said that he doesn't know how your handshake is. I mean, that was just rude. I mean, I you mean look my like handshake you have a is perfect. Handshake. I just don't know. Yeah, I it's took, perfect. I it's cold and wet. It's what you want. Cold and wet. It's cold and wet. I have fins. What do you want? <laughs> I live in Washington State, Pacific Northwest, baby. Yeah. Do you guys remember that movie from Disney Channel? Let's watch a Disney Channel movie. Uh, the 13th year where the kid is like in school and then he like develops into a merman. Whoa. Do you guys remember that Unless movie? Unless it's Xenon no. or Luck of the Irish, I don't remember it. 13th year was great. Uh, the guy from um, from Full House was in it, Dave Coolier. For, he's like in that movie for no like Uncle uh, what, uh, what's his name? Uncle Joey. Like he's in that mm. movie for no reason. Rob, cut it out. No way. Cut it yeah. out. Yeah, I will get out. I'm going to get out of town. I'm going to hit the road. Anyway, Eric Ames, our good buddy. Hey. Welcome to the podcast. We are so delighted to have you. How are you doing tonight? You know, I'm feeling a little a little intimidated. You know, I feel like I moved out of New York like in 2016 and my accent, if I ever had one, kind of has faded away. But now listening to you guys, like I feel like I should like I feel like I should like turn it back on if I'm going to be doing the Yay, podcast. Hey, Tony. Oh. <laughs> hey. Uh, you Gavon. Okay. I'm, anyway, I, should we cut that out? Is that offensive? No. Uh, no. No. We're okay. Italian. It's only okay, okay to be racist I'm, against Italians. I'm Jewish. Alex I don't Corigliano. Know. Eh, we'll figure it out. Uh, Eric, yeah, so anyway, I'm, Eric, I'm doing okay. How are you, Eric? When you first moved to Washington State, were you accosted by people um, regarding your New York accent? Well, I only moved to Washington a few months ago. I lived in Colorado for the last uh, like five years. Same question, but for Colorado. Um, I... Th- it's hard to remember, but when I do like watch videos of myself from when I had just moved from New York, I'm like, I did kind of used to have an actual accent. And I just kind of, I think people were like, hey, you kind of have an accent. Like, oh my God, ha ha ha, it's so funny. And then I really started like, once I moved out of New York and I started like, hey, yo, I started like doing the accent for people. Like they really find it funny outside of New York. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is just how my friends and family talk. Like, it's nothing funny about it. <laughs> <laughs> this is who I am, okay? Yeah. No, it, but yeah, it's I insane. Mean, you, your New York accent is pretty much all gone, mm-hmm. if, I, if I had to say. You are, you are fully a member of the Pacific Northwest now. That, don't, I don't want to hear that, because I'm not staying here. <laughs> no, the Pacific <laughs> well, Northwest is when you move back, then you can redevelop your accent. Yeah, okay, that's a good point. The Pacific Northwest so Eric, is great three and a half months of the year. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly right. My cat has joined us, just so you guys know. Daniel, the manual. Daniel, Daniel's here. He, he, it's crazy. It's like he, he can't hear you guys at all, but he knows that I'm talking, and he wants to be part of the action. So he is here. He is 
a special guest today. Not really very special, but he is a guest today. Give the good boy a mic. Yeah. He he doesn't have a lot to say about baseball. He's a Yankee fan. Oh no, yeah. No, don't give on. him a mic. Don't give him a mic. No, no, he's 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 not getting on the mic. And don't like don't anthropomorphize him and make him a Yankees fan. He's not a Yankees no. fan. He he told me it came to me in a intrusive thought. <laughs> like everything else. <laughs> the Yankees don't even do a bark at the park. They're frauds. A meow at the <laughs> meow at the oh boy cow. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> meow at the cow. That was a good one. That was a good one, Rob. So when, when are we starting the recording for this episode? <laughs> uh, there is no episode, Eric. There oh, we're just no hanging episode. out. Okay. Yeah, this is just. I just wanted to hang so it's out. A couple with you. guys. Cool. It's just dudes. a couple guys being dudes. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. <laughs> you know. Eric, tell us about how you became a Mets fan. Tell us about your humble beginnings, just being a nice, uh, nice boy from Long Island. All right, and uh, tell us your journey. You know, tell us about Ra- the Ramon Castro ball that you caught <laughs> and how it came back into your possession and everything. All right, so I'll try to make it as quick and as painless as being a Mets fan can be, which, as you guys know, is not easy. So. I'm just I'm a Mets fan because I've been blessed slash cursed by my dad, yep. who I don't even I mean that's like all of us, right? But I, I my grandpa was never super into baseball, but they're from Brooklyn. And then I think at some point my dad was just like, Hey, I'll root for the Mets. And now here we are. And I was a huge Mets fan as a kid. Like every day after school. So I was born in ninety four. So like Really, like, between, like, the ages of 10 and, like, 13, 14, I was watching, like, every single night. Come home, do my homework, watch the game, listen to to Gary, Keith, and Ron. And that all ended after 2007 for obvious reasons. I I couldn't do it anymore. Wait, really? I'm with you. Yeah, I just, I straight up, like, after 2006 and 2007, I was like... I'm done. I hate baseball now because I cannot, I can't, I can't do this year after year. It was too painful. I was way too much of a sucker. I I was too excited by every, like every little thing. I was so excited by K-Rod and Ike Davis and then Johan. <laughs> there was no, that was like, you know what? I have a funny feeling about this year. going to be a year as they just progressively got worse. <laughs> So I remember in 2008, I was 13, and every year at the end of September and the beginning of October, my school, so I went to Catholic school, so I was pre-K through 8th, so my school had a fair, like a country fair, it was called the Christ the King Country Fair, and I remember when I was 13, that was the last year of Shea, and the Mets had a collapse that wasn't like as bad as 2007 but it wasn't good like both those years back-to-back collapsing were terrible but I remember like the fair was always really fun because you would just like see all your friends outside of school you'd go on some rides you'd play some games eat some cotton candy all the good stuff and I remember there was this girl that I had like a really big crush on that went to a school like in Westchester with some of my other friends and I remember like we used to talk on aim all the time and then I like met her in person for the first time at the fair like that weekend and like completely clammed up and like barely said anything to her. And I was just like so dejected. And then like the last game of the season is when the Mets like blew it 
and like missed the playoffs and Shea Stadium closed and like so yeah it was just like a, I got like choke slammed like just completely choke slammed at my tender age of thirteen <laughs> and uh, yeah so that's 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 what I remember about those years those collapses. So what you're telling me is that your little crush jinxed the Mets. Akanahara. Yeah, 100%. Wow. Yeah, she she put a, she put a hex on the Mets for years to come. Do you know what she's up to? She's now? like this, she's like yeah. I haven't talked to her probably since then. Good. I don't think we ever talked again. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Maybe that's <laughs> but, the curse. Uh, maybe you have to talk to her. Yeah, maybe she's maybe your soulmate, bro. Yeah. Imagine I reach out to her and she's like, she's like, I've been expecting you. <laughs> it's like, Rob, I moved oh next door. It's like Madame Zeroni in holes. Like I have to carry Madame Zeroni up the figurative mountain to break the curse. Or, have you guys seen holes? Yeah, of course. Have I seen holes? Yeah. That movie rules. Movie, that movie it, is so good. Probably, I feel like it's one of the more loyal like movie adaptations. Yeah. Speaking of which, I, I am making Eric read Looking for Alaska right now. So Eric is is reading Looking for Alaska. No way. That's the, that's the only John Green book I read. It's it's his best one, in my opinion. I like it so far. I loved it. But no they spoilers. did a Hulu series. No, no, no spoilers whatsoever. Mm. But they did a Hulu series that came out in 2019 on the book. And it's like eight episodes. It's a mini series. It is so good. And I think what you're talking about, like loyal adaptations to books, that one is excellent. Like they went above and beyond to really nail home what the book is, but also added some stuff. I feel like that wasn't in the book that really fit well with the story that I, I think were improvements. So I can't wait. No spoilers. It's really good. I just finished rewatching it yesterday. So I'm really stoked about that. But Eric, we are so glad to have you. Um, let's dive right into what's going on with the Mets. Tommy Pham is a New York Met. He is that out that fourth outfielder that they were so desperately looking for, and you saw the names fall off the boat off the board. Andrew McCutcheon went back to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Adam Duvall signed with the Boston Red Sox. AJ Pollock went to the Seattle Mariners. So the names were quickly coming off the board. Tommy Pham. A lot of Mets fans, I think, were pretty underwhelmed by the signing, and I think it's just because the Carlos Correa deal fell through. If Carlos Correa had become a Met and then the Mets signed Tommy Pham, I don't think anyone would care, but I think it's just more magnified because Correa didn't become a Met. But And also Tommy Pham, I think people are a little skeptical on as a person because he slapped Jock Peterson this past season, but... I don't know. I mean, it really remains to be seen what kind of person he is in the clubhouse. You have some reports coming out that the Mets did like their background, and he seems to be a well-liked clubhouse guy. But I think that actually, like I will kind of – I know people probably don't want to hear it, but I don't think that the Tommy Pham signing is that bad. Like it's not great. I'm not going to do a backflip because of it. Come on, or I might. I, I might. I might. Just – I might just do a backflip for the sake of doing a backflip, though. That's just what it comes down to. Like to see if you can but, do it. Dude, I do backflips every day of my life. He's limber. All right. right. I'm limber. I'm flexible. My I drink bad. a lot of water. I drink my creatine. Mm. I eat my creatine. Chugged a Activia uh, Light right before the podcast. I chugged three Yoo-Hoo's earlier. I have kidney stones now. Mm. Yeah, that's not what we're talking about at all. That's like the opposite, bro. 
Yeah, but it, it, guys, do you do backflips every day? I do. I don't, okay, yeah. so don't yeah, school don't me there doing backflips. Okay, I will end this podcast right now and never speak to you guys again. Sorry, if you question my backflip. Yeah, that was a little. That was a little extreme. I'm gonna I have to write that. a scientific thesis on the correlation between YooHoo consumption and backflipping ability. Holy crap! Did you guys know that YooHoo is just chocolate water? It's just chocolate <laughs> syrup mixed with water. There's no milk <laughs> in it. It's disgusting. <laughs> I've always called it chocolate drink. Well, it is chocolate drink, but it's just if you just stir chocolate syrup into water, it's the same thing as you. Ew. I know. There's no milk in it. There's whey in but it, it, apparently. Hey, uh, yeah, oh, you so know what? I remember. It's the protein. Yeah, it's good. I, I do know people that's who like drink it when they work out. And do backflips. And do backflips. <laughs> Specifically to do a backflip. Anyway, I lost my train of thought. Welcome yeah, to Tommy the family. Fam. Tommy Pham. Uh, Welcome to the P-H-A-M. Yeah, you know. Tommy Pham is a good platoon bat with Dan Vogelback, yeah. in my opinion. He has a career 843 OPS against left-handed pitching. And I think that at the end of the day, if he's not if he's not cutting it a couple months into the season, they're just going to get rid of him. And there's really no risk. It was a one-year deal for $6 million. So if he's really if he's really stinking up the place, then they're going to just get rid of him. And hopefully, I mean, I don't think that there's going to be a big bat coming anytime soon this offseason because there's simply just none left on the free agent market, and I can't see a team parting with one unless it's for a really big package right now. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Hopefully Tommy Pham will succeed, but that's where I'm at. What do you guys think of the signing and – uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Ha-ha. Um, yeah, so I'm looking... I'm, <laughs> I, I, you know, at first I was... You know, I, he was like the third choice, so I was. it seemed like it was going to be him, McCutcheon, or Duvall. So when it fell to Fam, I was like, all right, great, let's just go get Fam. Without really looking into it, he was a name I knew. He, I'm pretty sure he hit the longest home run of 2022. So that's something... And then I kind of remembered the the weird the weird uh, the weird slap and all that other stuff, and looked at his numbers the last few years without looking at the splits, and was like, "All right, this guy is clearly well well past his prime." And so I have um, I have his splits in front of me on Fangraphs. His his batting against left hand pitching. Uh, so you 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 labeled his career OPS against it, and you know it's really good, uh, solid WRC plus. Although I do fear that those numbers are being specifically carried from his what looks like his peak years from 2017 through 2020, where you know that that's all of the juiced ball years plus the small sample size of 2020, where the juiced balls were cycled in and out, and so because in those years, uh, it's starting in 2017. If I'm looking at just his OPS, it's uh, 964, 877, 945, and 967. With, you know, the lowest WRC plus being 144 there, and the highest being 162, so pretty huge. And then the last two years, 2021 was really bad. And then last year, Ferris, um, you know, solid against left-handed um, pitchers, 115 WRC plus, three um, 784 OPS. Like those are those are fine numbers. And if we could even get that, it's still you know, way better than any like D left uh, right-handed DH that we got last year. Although, you know, Darren do Ruff had talk, similar numbers. Do not talk shit about Darren Ruff in this household. He, he, you know, like 
Listen, I this part of me that still believes that Darren Ruff could rebound. Uh, I would love that yeah, so much. That would be so. It'd be sick. incredible. Jay, like Jay Bruce was so garbage sick. when they traded for him, and then the very next he year was. he had like thirty home runs. You know, like it's not out of the realm I, of possibility. I just feel like it's like the odds are so stacked against him. Like he really is going to need a lot of mental fortitude to like show up at spring training and then like show up like when opening day happens and be the guy. Cause like I could really see him getting booed on opening day. I I, I, I could see that <laughs> so happening. Sad. It is sad, but and it, it, it stinks too. Cause it's like, he didn't really get much of a chance to prove himself. I mean, he was with the Mets for two months. So, and, and, he, this is and his at bats like were said. very like few and far between. Is that the way that phrase goes? He he didn't have a lot yeah. of opportunities mm-hmm. those first like that first month. You know, you had like it would be like a um, a left handed pitcher, and then like two weeks would pass before they'd uh, go up against another one. So they throw him like in and out. He had very few at bats, and the next you know we were getting a lot, and then he was so out of rhythm that I just think it totally tanked him. And he didn't really have like a good shot. I think. Uh, like I know the Giants are really huge on platoon, so you probably saw a lot of opportunities there. I haven't dug super deep, but I'm sure he is. It looked like he was getting more playing time uh, over there, and you know it could just be him getting older. It's not abnormal for players to just kind of hit a wall at like 33, 34, whatever how, how old he is, mm. 32. So I think he's 37. Well, that'll happen as well. So and you know. Maybe he rebounds. Maybe Tommy Pham has a solid season. Um, it, it has been discussed from friends and stuff that like him being a fourth outfielder here is, I mean, you know, he doesn't have the expectations of being a starter. If he buys into the role, he could really prove himself and he could be good. And like you just said, Rob, if he sucks, then you just release him. And it's mm-hmm. not a lot to eat. Eric, were you... Who were you hoping for? Like, did you want a specific outfielder? Did you want to see the Mets sign McCutcheon, or did you want to see? And and also, guys, Eric and I were we were playing MLB the Show late into the night. I mean, late into the night for me. Eric's three hours behind because he's on the West Coast. But we were playing the night that the Carlos Correa news broke, where the Mets signed him, quote unquote. And so uh, that was like a fun little thing. Eric texted me at like 2 a.m. was like, are you still awake? It's like, are you still up? Something happened. And I sent him the text. I'm like, I sent him the tweet. I'm like, is this real? Rob, tell me, am I dreaming? Is this real? Is this real? And I think I sent Eric like 12 text messages where I didn't spell what right once. <laughs> it was just like, wah, woo, wah. Uh, I just like couldn't make heads or tails of it. So, but kind of coming down from like that high, like did you, was there a guy that you particularly wanted Eric to see be on the Mets or, you know, how are you feeling about the fam signing? Yeah, I mean... Well, let's just say, when, how, like, how it relates to Carlos Correa. I mean, if you're comparing the fam signing to Carlos Correa, it's kind of a slap in the face. <laughs> yeah, true, true. <laughs> Sorry, I was thinking. I've been thinking about that for like 20 minutes. Oh, I did not get that joke right away. It now was, I'm disappointed that I didn't get that bad. joke right away. It was pretty bad. It wasn't. It wasn't the worst. I should have known from your sarcastic laugh. You mean my <laughs> that laugh? You're like. A, you're like a, you're like an evil villain in like a Goosebumps episode <laughs> like a, or like something a weasel. like that. Like an evil weasel. Yeah. <laughs> a little weaselly, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, compared to Correa, it's like obviously really anyone else on the market would have been a disappointment, right? But with Fam, it's like there are two sides. There's the like the literal stats side of the conversation, and then there's the clubhouse person side. And 
listen, while you, while we were chatting, I went on BRIF and I pulled up the batting comparison for Tommy Pham and Andrew McCutcheon from last season. They are borderline. They borderline had the same exact season last year. Like they're all the stats are like the same ops is within 14 points slugging is within 11 points obp is within four points batting average is exactly the same same amount of home runs two two double difference in doubles like basically the same exact player which i did not realize but i was much more excited for mccutcheon because he's like the dude like everyone loves him yeah yeah and i was like okay if we're gonna get a righty dh he's on the older side but like I don't know. It just seems like the vibes would have been so immaculate that it would have been Amazing. like probably okay. So then you have yeah, fam. I was hoping for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then you have fam who has the same exact numbers, like I just said. But I'm like, is he? Will people? Will anyone like him? And it's Brooks. It's, Brooks really will. Unfortunately, <laughs> you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, Brooks really needs a buddy too. Yeah. Or does he? He doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't. I mean, like he now that I think about it, don't we want our guys slapping the other team? The other team, yes. If, it, if it's the like if it's like if it's like Marcelo Zuna, a hundred percent. Ooh, that's true. I'd be sad. But if it's Trevor Bauer, a hundred percent. Hopefully, he won't have the chance to slap Bauer because hopefully he won't be playing. Tommy Pham will take a private jet to a Savannah Bananas game and slap <laughs> Trevor Bauer and then hop back on a train, uh, a plane, and get back <laughs> to City Field. Get on Field. a train, jump start our economy, and get back hey, over my train here. Is coming in. My train is coming in a few minutes, Trevor. Pow! Right in the kisser. <laughs> I mean, Tommy Pham would probably have to bring his own pair of stilts so he can reach Trevor Bauer, who's probably going to be on stilts for the Savannah Bananas, in order to reach his face <laughs> for slapping. The Savannah Bananas are way too cool to employ Trevor Bauer. That's hot true. Take. Yeah, that's true. Not a hot take. It's true. Yeah, it's a tepid take. That was a tepid take. But yeah, I mean, I just, okay, before we started recording, I went on his Wikipedia because I was like, I feel like something else happened with him before. Tommy the, Pham? Yeah, before the Jock Peterson slap. And in October 2020, when he was a member of the Padres, or he was the offseason, um, at least for them, because I think they got knocked out of the playoffs by that point. He like burn. Yeah, oh, sorry, go ahead. He, he was stabbed downtown San Diego, and I remember because I was living there at the time, and I was like, "Wait, Tommy Pham got stabbed in San Diego? Do you guys remember this?" Whoa, no, I don't remember this at all. Okay, he was outside. Let me just check. He was outside a nightclub, a strip club hey. in San Diego, and he got in an altercation and got stabbed. And I was like, "Right, he was." I mean, I don't know. There's no information on what he was doing, but it seems like there was some nefarious activity happening. I'm like, he was probably just getting a slice of pizza. Was walking by, tried to have some vigilante justice. I tried to save one of the women. The knife like a like a absorb the knife knife wound like a champ. Just like Maybe. walked in there, that, walked into the strip club. You know, found a woman, said, "You don't have to do this." <laughs> and then someone stabbed <laughs> and him. Then in the someone neck. stabbed him. She chose this life. Right. She's capable of making her own decisions. She's making she's making that's, good money. This is an, a capitalist economy. How else would you make money? That's Don't that's we what all sell our I bodies think. for labor. And then that's Brooks really and then Brooks really came and uh, was like, him. Hey Tommy, what's going on? <laughs> and and stabbed him. 
Uh, anyway, also, I did not remember that happening. Also, let me just say, let me add one piece of this because there is more. Oh my. Uh, yeah. Also, early 2022, last season, he. I'm literally just looking at Wikipedia and reciting it to you. Uh, his former teammate Luke Voigt collided with Tyler Stevenson, right? Who was the catcher for Tyler Pham's team, the Reds at the time. Uh, he blocked him at home plate, and basically he was like, "Oh, if Luke Voigt wants to settle this, like I get down really well. I know my tie, Muay Thai, Muay Thai, Muay Thai. I don't know. He just like he like offered to like fight Luke Voigt over crashing into his catcher, and I was like, I don't like this. I don't like what I'm reading, man. He's a hundred percent gonna fight a reporter this year." And it's going to be me. <laughs> he would not win. It's going to be me somehow. Hey, have a good night, Tommy. What did you say? I'll kiss you. <laughs> Why is he a 1930s like ga- like mobster? Why does he speak like I al- that? I also meant to say pal right in the kisser, but I said I'll kiss you. <laughs> that was like totally unintentional. I meant to I meant to go like you know throw it back to what I was just saying with Trevor about anyway. Just that, going around that was, kissing uh, reporters. He's like, he's like, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. And then he just gives me a nice little <laughs> kiss. That's a, whole other, that's a whole other kind of problem, guys. He loves the media. Yeah. He, yeah he, yes. He's very, uh, very fortunate for the media. Anyway, that was, uh, that was, that was interesting. All that to say, th- that's what I'm, I'm worried about his numbers being kind of average. I mean, hopefully he has a good year, but I'm worried about him being an average player and... I can bleep myself if you want me to. Kind of an asshole. Whoa! Oh, whoa! No. Come on. Oh my lord! Come on. Oh my god! You really? You're gonna do this to me? You're gonna do this to me on a Wednesday night? You're gonna send me? You're gonna send me to confession on a Wednesday night? <laughs> These are my confessions. Just when I thought I could say it, I could say it. Yeah. Usher? Was that Usher? It was Usher. Yeah. Damn. Usher's been making good music for a long time. <laughs> I was saying that in class. Anyway. I was like, we were hosting, we were doing like a, when, you, when you're getting observed, you want to have your students doing like this group discussions because it looks good. So I remember just like going around, ho- uh, like, like facilitating one, just being like, these are my discussions. Just went, and, and it was a huge hit. <laughs> it was a huge hit, guys. That's good. I like that. I'm sure. Thank yeah. you. Eric, thank you for that background info. I did not know. Anything beyond? I used to like Tommy Pham a lot. I actually, for a brief time, collected his baseball cards mm. because I picked him up in fantasy a couple years in a row. I guess around the 2017, 2018 time, and he he like put up numbers for me. He was really good, and so like I really liked Tommy Pham. And then I had no idea that this happened. I don't remember him getting stabbed or anything, but yeah, that's super interesting. Yeah, how so, do you guys yeah, feel I mean, about? all that and like the McCutcheon stats. I mean, obviously you guys would probably have wanted McCutcheon over fam, right? I mean, I, we were talking about it last I spent like time. five minutes ranting and raving about how intelligent and well-spoken I think he is in the last pod. And then with Tommy fam, it's I'll kiss you, you know? So <laughs> <laughs> very different. It was, it was, it was like so annoying last time because we recorded the podcast on Wednesday and then McCutcheon signed like, 10 hours later with the pirates. <laughs> but I got to say, like if there's any team that I would, I'm okay with McCutcheon going to is, is him going back to Pittsburgh. Yeah, that was a cool like, story. I, I think that'll be pretty cool mm-hmm. to see him go back to where he started at all. But yeah, I was fine with Adam Duvall. I, I really was, I wrote an article for SI about how I thought Adam Duvall would be a good fit for the Mets. He's a decent fielder. 
The only thing is like he strikes out a lot, but the Mets are a team that doesn't really strike out a whole lot when yeah. like in the grand scheme of things. So I thought that that was okay if they had someone like Duval who had a little bit of pop from the right side, especially if you were going to isolate him in that kind of role and then have him maybe be like a defensive like upgrade in the outfield late in the game. So I was okay with Duval, but honestly at this point it was kind of just like like teams are 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 rounding out their rosters at this point. So guys are flying off the board quickly. And so the Mets had a had a jump on and they had to sign someone and Tommy Pham is that guy. And, you know, maybe some of the guys they brought in as non-roster invites will – you just never know. I mean, look at – like the Mets have caught lightning in a bottle a couple times. I mean, you look at Marlon Bird. You look at R.A. Dickey. You look at Jose Valentin. So you never know. Like a guy might just like come in and have a resurgent year. So maybe Tommy Pham finds a little bit of his touch again or maybe someone like – Abraham Almonte comes in and is someone who's good. Maybe you see them bring Tyler Naquin back on a minor league deal. Though I will say, I think Naquin will probably end up going to a team that's like not very good and getting a decent amount of playing time. Mm. Like I could see like the Kansas City Royals picking him up or something like that. I was thinking the Rockies. The Rockies, I think, would be a that would make a lot of sense. Oh, he would be uh, launching nukes over that right field wall at Coors with the uh, scoreboard on it. Yeah. Eric, did you ever go to ga- Rockies games when you were living in Colorado? Oh, yeah. I went to a I, – I love Coors, man. I mean, mm. like, aside from City Field, I guess I haven't been to that many ballparks, but Coors is, Coors is great. And the thing about Rockies fans is that, like, the, Rock- <laughs> the Rockies don't have fans. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, like, but the stadium is always, like, pretty full because it's right in downtown Denver – and there's a lot of stuff to do, a lot of food to eat, a lot of bars to uh, have fun at around, and people just like going. And it's just like, it's just a blast. And people are like, oh, when you go to the Rockies game? So it's like, yeah, they want them to win, but it's just like full of vibes every time you're there, which isn't really the case everywhere else, I, I wouldn't say. What is like the what is like the big sport there? Like, are people really into like the Broncos the or like the Avalanche? Broncos. Yeah, it's the Broncos, and I mean, and the Avalanche now. But I mean, football's football. Like people, yeah. people go nuts over the Broncos. The Nuggets are really good. I mean, they have a you know the reigning two-time MVP, and he's probably going to get his third straight this year. Nuggets are good. They're in the, they're the top seed. I the the players in basketball like flip from team to team so frequently. I feel like I don't even know who you're talking about. Either do I. Nicole, I have no idea. Look, look up this guy, Nikola Jokic. Oh, Jokic. Yeah, he yeah. looks just like oh, okay. a, he yeah, looks yeah. like a big dude who who would like chug a bottle of vodka and then swallow the bottle and chew the glass. <laughs> without breaking That's how I contact. feel about him. He's scary looking in like a if you see him on the street type of way, not like if you see him on the court type of way. But he's 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 magical. He he's it's crazy what he does. That's what I imagine like Boban Marnianovic does. Like he just like chugs a bottle and then plays basketball yeah it's what all those guys did i say do. his name did i say his name right um let's go Bogdanovich. But, uh, yeah Bogdanovich. yes there's a you know yes. there's a lot of these guys you were confident which is all that really counts yeah 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 some some basketball fan can correct me alex you can correct me are you looking I'm, up the pronunciation? I'm like a level six fan. No, I'm a level. I'm a level seven fan. I, I don't watch all the games. I don't have league pass. 
But I, for some reason, I mean, I we are obviously the number one um, baseball podcast out there. But I feel like just That's in true. general, basketball has like the best coverage and the best podcasts. I think like most other like baseball podcasts out there, at least on the national scale, are always just like so boring. It's all these like traditionalist guys. And then I, I'll, I'll listen to this this basketball podcast pretty religiously, like the uh, the um, the athletic uh, basketball podcast. Without like, I'll go like weeks without watching a game, but I'll listen to it like every a few times a week because they're just so entertaining. We yeah, can be those guys. I, I think we can, we are those guys. Yeah, we are. We're those guys. We are. He says the first time he's ever been on the podcast. We are. <laughs> We, you've been on the podcast just once, but you've edited four or five. So you are, you're, and it's always so cool with Eric too, when he's editing the podcast, cause like he'll be listening to it and then he'll be giving us updates on like what we said, like when we recorded, he'll be like, Oh my God, you guys talked about this or whatever. <laughs> so it's always really nice. It so you're, you're, very you're fun. you've been with us spiritually. Thank yeah. you, dude. Now let me, uh, let's, let's bring it back around. Look, I'm now I'm directing the podcast. Let's bring it back around to the Mets. All right, guys. Bravo. All right. And let me ask you, I would say, in my opinion, my biggest issue with the fam signing, and of course, I want to be wrong, prove me wrong, but he's just not the kind of hitter I wanted, right? You mentioned Adam Duvall. He has the pop. He can hit dingers. And Tommy Pham isn't really that kind of hitter. And I'm like, it's just like another reason where I'm like, that's the guy they went with. Again, would love to be proven wrong. But I like we we need a right we we need a right-handed vocal back, like someone who yeah. could who has pop. I definitely Darren thought he Ruff. had more home runs, but Come I'm looking on. at his splits against left-handed pitchers right now, where he'll probably see the majority of his at bats. And yeah, like maybe like if, if seven, you know, starting from like 2017, where uh, what I consider like his peak, like seven, six, three, two, four, six. Uh, if I get rid of that. Yeah, he's never had more than 23 home runs, and those were all during the um, juice ball years, 17, 15, the last couple of years. I mean, you know, home run's a home run. He's There wasn't anyone else, else like that on the market. Hell, even Correa wasn't Incorrect. that guy. Incorrect. There's still a guy out there that you guys are neglecting, and it's really bothering Bartolo me. Bartolo Colon. Right? <laughs> Not Bartolo Colon. However, he does have Mets ties. He the Mets are paying him a lot of money, and he could be the platoon that they're looking for, and that is Robinson Cano. Boom, mic drop. Robbie Cano. What do you know? He'd be uh, good sidebar. for the young Latino players. He's a good influence. They love him. So, He's a good clubhouse guy. Alex, listen. sidebar for a second. Rob, please do not listen to this next section. Um, Alex, do you think we can kick Rob off the podcast for that? And like, it's just me and you from now on, or like. How do you feel? Oh, about hey that? guys, so- what are you talking about? <laughs> Rob, <laughs> hey, my God, what are you doing here? No, nothing. You know, I just knew you guys were hanging out, and I wanted to stop by and say hi. I brought some cookies. They're vegan. Cookies. They're made Ooh. with applesauce. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, back on the that was, I'm He's sorry. Back on. He's I'm back sorry. on. I'm sorry. I just had to drop a Robinson Cano reference. But, we need to see Robinson uh, Cano in the outfield is what Rob is saying. I want to see Robinson Cano taking reps Every inning for 162 games, batting cleanup in right field for the Mets this year. That's what I want. You're the only one, bro. Well, you know what? I'm in 2000. I'm in 3008, and you're in 2000 late. God so, God damn, you didn't even say 2008. It said 3008. Wow, that and was 2000 good. late. Thank you. That was awesome. 
Remember how Robinson black, Cano shout, out, shout just, out Black Eyed Peas. Remember how Robinson Cano was batting fifth every day for like the first month of the season last year. I can't remember believe when the that. Braves signed him. Remember when the Braves signed him, and then he got a hit against Max Scherzer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a terrible day in my life. <laughs> it was awful. You knew it was coming too, didn't he? Have two hits that game. The, they were, I think he just had one. It was, it was but, like a piss dribbler, right? Like it wasn't even. Yeah. yeah it was, like, yeah. It was, like, it was <laughs> the type of hit that, like, you know, you you finish you finish peeing, and this could just be a. I could just be disclosing a medical condition, but the type of piss where you're like, you're like, all right, I'm good, I'm gonna shake it. I gotta keep shaking it. All right, I gotta keep shaking. It. What's going on? Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. Okay, okay, okay. Now I'm good. And then you put it in your pants, and it dribbles on your leg. And you're like, what the? F-? Is that a medical? That condition? has never happened to me oh, once. I think it's a sciatica. Anyway, that's what Robinson Cano is. <laughs> this that's is, uh, very, very interesting. Taking, I'm sorry I'm I brought it up. I've an exception to that good Charlotte song for years because I'm like, wait, but sometimes you have to shake it like half a dozen times. That was really what good Charlotte song talks about that. The really anthem. Specific. This is the anthem. Put all your hands up. Yeah. It's, uh, I heard it's, that song. It's the bridge. It's the bridge. Oh, I've shake, never been over a bridge before. Shake it once, before. that's fine. Shake it twice, that's okay. Shake it three times, you're playing with yourself. That again, <laughs> or something, right? Do they say that? Yeah. Yeah, man. That's the lyrics to that song? Yeah. You I don't guys know are why, my leg. but no, no, we're not. Why do I not know that? You think I just came up with that amazing melody off the top of my head? No, it's a classic. Yes. It's a literal anthem. Dude, you're lying to me. You guys are pulling my leg. No, look it up. That's what pop punk used to be, dog. Yo, you're not wrong. Anyway, let's move on. Enough about Tommy Fam. Congratulations to the Mets' newest members of the Hall, the Mets Hall of Fame, and that is two broadcasters who are very well deserving in Gary Cohen and Howie Rose, and then we also have Hojo and Al Leiter. What are your guys' thoughts on one of two things? What are your guys' thoughts on the inductions? And then also, I want to quiz you on who the other members of the Mets Hall of Fame are, and you guys are more than welcome to tag team it. There are 30 other names, and let's just get as close as we can. But first and foremost, let's hear your thoughts on those guys being inducted, and we will start with you, Eric. Oh, that's so funny, because I was I was like planning on saying, Alex, you take it, but I humbly accept, all right? <laughs> Alex interjected the first time. He's not allowed to do it for the second time. I, I'm very pleased. So I actually, I told my girlfriend, Sarah, before we started recording, I was like, oh, we're going to talk about this thing. And, uh, two of the members they inducted were Gary and Howie. And she of course knows who they are because she is, um, stuck with this Mets fandom through me, like a lot of partners are when their partner loves sports. And she was like, wait, they're inducting announcers or broadcasters and i was like yeah isn't that amazing and she's like yeah and i just like i never really thought about how cool that is that you know they're like they they are so legendary and this is such a great way to acknowledge that you know absolutely yeah and and also it's like i'm glad they're doing it while these guys are still active so it'll be like really awesome and i think that's like a big thing that we've seen with the Steve Cohen era, right? Is that he wants to shine light on these guys that have been such an integral part to the Mets franchise in a way that 
the previous ownership, quite frankly, didn't do very often, or they did a little bit too late, kind of like with the Tom Seaver statue. Like that should have been done while he was alive and before he was diagnosed with dementia or Alzheimer's. I'm not sure which one he had specifically, but that should have been done in his lifetime. I mean, he's, he's one of the best players of all time, but also one of the best Mets of all time, if not the best. So, but anyway, I'll allow me to step off my soapbox. No, you're totally Um, right. But yeah, no, I mean, it's cool. I don't know. I'm, I'm, that Mets Hall of Fame kind of like a little, or a lot of these club exclusive Hall of Fames I'm kind of indifferent about. It. It's cool, it's fun. It's a nice thing, especially because the Mets themselves don't have a lot of actual Hall of Famers, you know? So mm-hmm. the, it's important to have our little like local local thing. Uh I I really well, I like love- I really love that they're putting in Gary and Howie. I think that's that's great cuz obviously Keith and Ron are Mets Hall of Famers already. So having and and Keith arguably should be in the Hall of Fame in general. So it's really yes. it's really nice of them to do that. Um, I definitely I definitely assumed that Howard Johnson had just like been in the Mets Hall because I don't know hear my dad talk about him. I'd always just assumed he was a bigger part of like the franchise in general. I've always heard about Hojo. I see those little motel chains of um, Howard Johnson's, and I'm like, hey, that's the guy. So. You know that that, and then Al Leiter, he was on my brother's 2000 edition of the Mets Monopoly board. So I always figured he was a huger, a bigger part of Mets lore as well. I see that he made the All Star game in the year 2000 uh, with the Mets, and in his first year with the Mets, came in sixth in the Cy Young voting. And I don't know, I didn't realize that he was with the Mets like so late in his career. Like he kind of had like his. His twilight years. I mean, he spent like the last two years with like the Yankees and 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 Marlins respectively. But I didn't realize it was seven years with the Mets and all in his thirties. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't. Know, I don't have a huge connection to Al Leiter. It's cool. It's a nice thing they do. Let's let's go Mets. I liked Al Leiter. I have an Al Leiter since I was like a kid. There, there's a Al Leiter like plaque in the room that I grew up in. <laughs> it's just been, I've had like I got it probably in like 2002 or 2003 when he was still on the Mets. But it's it's now like the picture's faded, but I've had it forever. And yeah, I don't really remember him all that well because I was young when he was on the Mets. But he was really good. I mean, he was the Mets have always had good pitching for the most part. But yeah, he was a guy that they got from the Marlins and pitched well for them for many years. So I think it's well-deserved. He's a guy that, like, I kind of overlooked, but it makes sense. Like, he was he was on the 99 team, the 2000 team, like the teams that were, that were really good at the turn of the century. So I think he's well-deserving. But do you guys want to take a stab at who the other 30 Hall of Fame members are in the Mets Hall of Fame already that pre-seed Gary Howie, Al Leiter, and Hojo? Rob, you got a you list? You guys can tag team it. I have a list. Oh, I have a list. I'm not going to be good at this. And I I told you both going into this that I'm a little afraid of like just the whole, well, the whole point of Mets Legends because I'm like, I don't know that many obscure players. Like I said earlier, I really stopped watching when I was in like 2007 and I didn't pick up watching again until like 2015. So I'm like, there's a big gap of, of time <laughs> in my Mets fandom. So. So I will say there are some guys on here that I wouldn't even get because they're not players. Mm. Um, so I'm not expecting you guys to get those. But think of the more common players and then also people that have just been 
important in regards to the Mets franchise as a whole um, when you're when you're thinking about this list. Shall we go so, back and forth? That's that's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, I think that works. All right, Alex, you're up. All right, I'll go with the man, the myth, the homeboy who started it all. I forget his first name. I want to say Bill or William, but uh, the guy Shay, the guy whose last name is yep. Shay. William A. Shay, correct. 1983, he was inducted. Um, I mean, bleh, like Tommy Agee? Correct. 2002, he was inducted. Let's go with the layup. Keith Hernandez. Yep, class of 97. I guess I'll just dunk it with Ronnie. Yeah, he was recent. I didn't realize he was so recent. 2020, he was inducted. That's silly. Um, let's go Mike Piazza. Yep, 2013. I was at that game. It was also Bobby Abreu's last career game. How about that? <laughs> and I remember he got a standing ovation. Uh, we just talked about him, but Tom Seaver. Tom Seaver, 1988. Kuzman. Yep, 1989. <laughs> I'm kind of like having a freak out right now. <laughs> Dude, I'm just like, say Lasting's Millage. It'll be okay. Like, I cannot think of any players think think before the gap like your gap years think before the gap years there's nobody in your gap years who would be on that list well yeah (laughs) that's Um, true that's true i always it's like now now that i said all of that now i'm thinking of like players that like weren't big stars for the mets but like i just remember uh cleon jones class of 91 you are correct ed cranepool Ed bleeping Cranepool. <laughs> I love that rant so much. Uh, yes, he was inducted in 1990. I, I So I had this list open earlier and I glanced at it, which is funny because I'm still struggling nonetheless. But isn't the woman who bought the Mets on there, isn't her name Joan Payson? Correct, yes. So she's Joan on Payson. there. 1981. She was the first inductee, actually. The first year they, they made the Mets Hall of Fame, she was inducted. Girl, girl boss moment. I cheated. Yes. Yeah. Let's go. Um, uh, what's his name? Matic? Matt, Matt, Matlock? Mm. Oh, John Matlock. Yeah. Yep. 2020. Yep. And Eric, just think of like guys that are like well known studs for the Mets because they're probably on there. Uh, David Wright. Not yet. Really? Not yet. Not in there yet, no. Oh, well, no, hold on, because I guess if Al Leiter just got... Okay, so I see. We're, um, we're, I'm sure Wright will get in in the next couple years, though. We're behind. We're not... Yeah, you're right. We're not there yet. There's really no one from the era of, like, most of the 2000s and most of the 2010s that were on the team. Yeah, like too recent. Uh, like, Piazza and Leiter, like, that era, there's, there's a couple guys, but... Alex, you keep going. Edgardo Alfonso. Yes, he was the other one. 2020, he was inducted. I make it a point, too. I think I the last time I glanced at the Hall of Fame, too, because I, I went to go, I went with my wife. We went inside. It's in the Met store. It's a really nice like area to go to. So I always make it a point to really like read every single plaque and look at them. So a lot of those are mm-hmm. kind of lodged in my head right now. Why don't you guys give like a couple more guesses, and then I'll tell you the rest of the list. Right, let's go with Sid Fernandez. Um, Sid's not in the Mets Hall of Fame. Get out of here. All right, Gary Carter. 
Carter was inducted in 2001, correct? I mean, since they just inducted him into the Hall, I mean, they retired his number, right? So Willie Mays, would he be there? No, surprisingly, he's not in the Mets That's Hall of Fame, but his number is retired. Well, you know what? Let's, so. let's go managers, right? So who's who's that kooky boy, the kooky, the kooky old boy? Uh, Casey Stengel. <laughs> who's <laughs> Who's that, who's that Who's that kooky old boy? Yes, Casey Stengel was inducted the same year as Joan Payson, which was the inaugura- un- inaugural year that they did the Hall of Fame. Uh, him, David Johnson. He was class of 2010, that's correct. I, don't, I wouldn't assume they did Bobby Valentine, right? He wouldn't be in there? No, he's I not. I can see them doing him in like 2030 or something. or I don't know. I don't know why 2030, but sometimes I feel like they're <laughs> reaching. Um... Me, oh, um, what's what's that? What's that other homie's name? Gil Hodges. Yeah, he was nineteen eighty-two. Uh, let's go, Strawberry and Gooden. Gooden was twenty ten. Strawberry was also twenty ten. Rob, I'm looking at the list now because I I was I was tapped out. I told you guys mm-hmm. I'm not good at this, and I'm looking at the list and I'm like, oh, <laughs> duh! <laughs> like there's so yeah. many people on this list that I just completely blanked on. Yeah, it's okay. That's what I was saying, just like like stars. But also when you're on the spot, it's way different. Like I feel no pressure because I had the list right in front of me. But like I'm sure there are guys that I would blank on as well. But let me just tell you guys the rest of the yeah. list now, unless you want to keep going. No, Alex. no, you gotta give it to us because this is this is also taking a lot of time. True. John Franco is twenty twelve. Um Frank Cashin, their former general manager, twenty ten. And then you had Mookie Wilson in ninety six. Tug McGraw in 93, Jerry Grody in 92, Rusty Staub in 86, Bud Harrelson in 86, Lindsey Nelson in 1984, which I probably wouldn't have gotten, Johnny Murphy in 83, George Weiss in 82, and I think that's it. So there's some members on there that are from before our time, obviously, that I probably wouldn't have gotten, but um, it's interesting to think about who will be getting on there, like what players were not that have been so integral for the Mets that just aren't on there. Like I, I, I don't really think they are. I think David Wright's like the only other one I could see at this point. They'll do Jose Reyes. They will. And you'll be upset about oh, it. I hope not. They will. Though. I really hope not. I really hope not, dude, but you're probably right. You're probably right. Yeah. And obviously I really like, hope not. You know, Pete Alonso, who's shooting up the home run totals. He'll be up there someday. Uh, Lucas Duda will be in there, and <laughs> like, like Davis and James Loney. I mean, realistically, like the, they'll, they'll put in Johan, right? I mean, they'll totally put in Johan. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I mean, he threw the first no-hitter first no on hitter. the team. Yeah. I mean, I think Beltron maybe? Technically, it was a no-hitter, but was it really? Nope. Get out of here. Nope. No-hitter. No-hitter. <laughs> I mean, I know what you're saying, Eric, and I, I, I argue the same, but I think circumstantially... It is because they didn't have the technology at that. They weren't utilizing the technology at that point. So, yeah, but yes, I know. And of Listen, course, Beltram is the one that, that like, quote unquote, would have broken it up, which is let, annoying. Let me just say, Sarah and I talk a lot about, you know, breaking, breaking this kind of boo-hoo, where the Mets, you know, Mets fandom, let's face it, we have our own little like lol Mets situation happening. Like we historically kind of feed into that and we're like, Oh, that would only happen to the Mets. And it is changing because of the Steve Cohen era. Will Pons are gone and it is changing. So like I'm a big proponent of like getting rid of that, that gross lol Mets feeling that even like we harp on sometimes as Mets fans. 
But let me just say, the Johan Santana no-hitter thing, that is such a classic old Mets moment. I can't even believe it. Oh, yeah. It really is. You're right. Cause like, but I'm glad that the Mets actually did throw a no-hitter this past year because it's like, okay, like they actually do have like a real – I mean, not that Santana's wasn't real, but like they, they have another no-hitter now too. It's not just that one. Like they actually yeah. have a no-hitter that they threw. Um, but anyway, you good guys job on that, guys. You guys me with that. Hold on. I'm going to take a – I'm going to try to say this really <laughs> quick. Ahead. The whole history of baseball, the majority of the history takes place before instant replay. I'm sure there are dozens of instances like this where like close calls steer the way of the pitcher and it gets him the no hitter. Just as there's a lot of really BS calls that take a no hitter away looking at Galarraga from 20, whatever <laughs> year that was. Oh, that was so annoying. awful, Brutal. awful, but it, it happens. And that, yeah. Like Eric that's part of the before. human aspect it's, of the game. Yeah, which I kind of miss sometimes too, like watching football, basketball, when you're just waiting on these replays and you're like, honestly, like a bang, 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 bang play like this. Like, I don't think you should be looking for like where the shadow landed to figure out if the person was safe or not. But that's my old man yells at the sky opinion. But get off of that. It's a, it's a no hitter. Get off of that. The, 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 well, the man like, killed himself like, for it. The man took his own life to get this no hitter. He sacrificed himself, and you're going to take it away from him. I mean, he's not dead, Alex. He, he sacrificed himself. He should be in the Hall of Fame. Like he got off after like the first ballot. It's dumb. I mean, he shouldn't be yeah, in the Hall. He, but he should be like I mean, that on was, the ballot still. That was that was disgraceful. He, he was awesome. Let yeah, me just. He let, was so good. Let me just clear my name real quick. First of all. I was joking, okay? I know it's a no-hitter. I was just I was just being You said what you said, Eric. I was you just said what you said. I'll edit it out, it's fine. I already quoted it. I was just <laughs> I was just being that guy for humor. But I will say the fact I stand by the thing, like the only Mets hitter, the only Mets no-hitter that we we've had like a one pitcher no-hitter just happening that way. It's Will Pond's moment. Get out of here. We're past that. But still love Johan. And he did sacrifice his arm for that moment. He did. He didn't die, though, like Eric, like Alex said. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, just a quick aside before we remember some dudes and get out of here. Mets Legends Dream Team voting. You guys have been great. You've been voting in droves. You guys have really enjoyed the Mets Legends Dream Team voting. And I think that's awesome. Um, it's been really cool to see how much interaction it's been getting. And just to give you guys a little bit of a recap, we have Ramon Castro behind the plate. He's the catcher. We have Mike Jacobs at first base. We have Kaz Matsui at second. I almost forgot for a second. We have Kaz Matsui at second. We have Wilmer Flores at short. Third base is Ty Wigginton. Left field, we have, oh, God, who's the left fielder? Benny Agbayani. Center field, Kirk Neuenheis ran away with it. Surprisingly, he beat out Shinjo, which I was a little, little disappointed about. And then right field, it looks like Blasting's Thrillage, a.k.a. Lasting's Millage, is going to run away in a landslide. So we are super stoked. Keep on voting, guys. We have designated hitter coming up. We have the pitchers. We have the relievers. We have the bench. And then we will have it all culminate soon. So really, really stoked about that. Thank you guys so much for voting. And now... Let's do my favorite part of the segment, which is we are going to remember some guys. I'm super stoked to have Eric in here for this one and to participate. And I really enjoyed the format we did last week with asking the questions to try to figure out who we were thinking of. So are you guys down to do that again this week? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Let's start with Alex. And Eric and I will ask questions to try to determine who this player is. And I think we could just do what you guys did for the Hall of Fame voting. 
or the Hall of Fame name drops, and we'll just go back and forth and ask questions to try to deduce who this this player is. There's going to be a so lot. Alex, of, think of a guy. Got gonna it. Be a lot of me sending it to Rob because I'm like, uh, Rob, Rob, you do it, you do it. <laughs> <laughs> I got you, buddy. Thank you. I'm 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 set. You're set. Okay. Mm-hmm. Eric, you want me to start? Um, yeah, you start. Kind of set the uh, set the the tone for these questions. Okay. Is he a pitcher? Yes. Uh, yes or no questions only? Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay, I'm just going to throw out a decade. 80s? No. Okay, I'll go back to, is he a relief pitcher? Yes. Okay. Uh, Closing pitcher? Yes. Ooh, that was a good factoid. Is he from the 2000s? Yes. Ooh. Is it Billy Wagner? Yes, it is. Whoa. Yes, it is. Whoa, wow. we got that quick. Good job, Eric. That was yeah, Billy the Kid. I didn't feel like going too obscure about it. I love Billy Wagner. He's on the Hall of Fame ballot. I really hope he gets in. He should get in. I think they're too uh, reserved about relief pitchers, which is dumb because literally the only unanimous guy in baseball history is a relief pitcher. I don't understand. It's like punt- mm-hmm. it's like kickers in, in the NFL. You have them. They're on the team. Yeah, Surely there's guys that should be in the Hall of Fame because of it. Yeah, yeah, I completely I agree with you. You know, I'm and sure I'm sure Mark Gooden would vote for uh, Billy Wagner. He'll get in. <laughs> he, he's he's high enough where like without the steroid implications, where if it's not this year, it'll 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 be before he's off the ballot. I hope he goes in as a Met, but I think that he'll probably go in as like a Houston Astro or something. Yeah, I love Billy okay. Wagner, and it's only Hell enhanced yeah. by the fact that he's always looked like he could be the lead singer of a grunge band. A grunge band or like a country singer? Like I could also see him being like a country singer. Like he used to, he used to have the tin of chewed tobacco in his back pocket. Like I could see him at like some like disheveled bar singing about like his tractor. Or or like a, I I think grunge is wrong. Yeah, but like I can see I can see post grunge for him. Yeah, post grunge new metal like Limp Biscuit. I love like, Limp Biscuit um, so Nickelback. much. Nickelback. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big Limp Biscuit fan. Shout out Fred Durst. Of course you are. I love Limp Bizkit, dude. <laughs> Ask anyone. I don't know if you're kidding. Like, I don't know if you're being sarcastic. <laughs> no, I'm not. I love Limp Bizkit. I have, uh, I have chocolate starfish in the hot dog flavored water like in my car. I love that. Right. I love that. Did you band. just make that up? No, dude. That has, uh, that has like all the hits on it. That's, chocolate uh, hot dog in the dirty I water. What did you say? Hate the chocolate that starfish. Song. I hate What's, it. What song? I hate it. Which one? Which song? Them. I did Remember it all for the rules. nookie. The what? The nookie. So you could get the that cookie. Nope. Yeah. Um, nope. I'm not. I don't endorse this. All right. My way or the highway, bro. Anyway, when Biscuit rules, Rob, we're mm. not going to talk about Rob, this. Rob, do a player. Mm. Do a player. <laughs> oh, it's oh, it's me now. Yeah, it's you. Oh, so you're going last. I'm going last, baby. Eric's oh, a just, little you're just, scared. Eric is. Yeah, he's delaying time right now. Uh, hold. No. 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 When I'm when I when I'm when I have the player when I'm in charge of the player, that's fine because like okay I'm I'm, I'm in control of that I'm bad at the guessing. All right, all right, I'll go. Okay. Let me think of a guy really quickly. I'm ready. All right, hit us. All right. Yeah, yeah. You guys have to ask me questions. <laughs> Is he a boy? No. Oh my god! I have no idea. Then. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he he's a he's a, a man. Uh. Pitcher? No. Is he a starting position player? He was, correct. Infielder? No. 
Outfielder? Yes. Catcher? Just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> you fool. 2000s? Yes. Lasting's Millage? It's not Lasting's Millage. Is it um, like 2010s and later? Like 2010s? No, prior to that. Okay. The aughts. Who? Huh? Oh, uh, I've heard it recently. Uh, people are describing the 2000s as like the aughts or the early aughts. I don't know. Oh, I, oh. Thought, I thought you were guessing a player and his nickname Me was too. the aughts. <laughs> Alex is a zoomer. <laughs> That's really uh, funny. <laughs> there he goes. It's the aughts. <laughs> <laughs> like the Ottavino, like that could be his yeah. nickname. <laughs> the Ots. That's terrible. Yeah, I hate that. Adam the Ots Ottavino. Coming in. I want um Everyone's Colin, favorite uncle. Colin Cosell to say that on the on the loudspeaker. The Ots dog flavored water. <laughs> Yo, that oh, album no. rules, all right? That album's no. so good. That album no. rules. No. All right, Alex, ask a question, please, for the love of God. The Ots. Uh is it Xavier Nady? No. Uh, center fielder? No, not a center fielder. Corners, huh? Mm, left fielder? Yes, left fielder. Jason Bay? <laughs> no, it's not Jason Bay. Okay. It's in the aughts, bro. Oh, oh, yeah. Duh. I, I was laughing so hard I forgot what year we were in. You were too busy making a Limp biscuit pun. <laughs> <laughs> Let's... Go. You said he was a starter, not a bench player. Yeah, he was a starter. Starting left fielder. Cliff Floyd. Not a good guess, though. Well, it's not Floyd, a good though. Guess. Who? Not Floyd. Who else started in left field? Oh, God. I'm lost, boys. <laughs> oh, oh, God. <laughs> All right. I'll give you guys a hint. I'm floating in the abyss, guys. He was involved in the Steve Bartman incident. <gasps> oh, Moises Alou. I love yes. him. Oh, I love Moises Moises Alou. Alou. I like yes, him too. Moises Alou. He was one of the most underrated Mets. And I think it was because he was kind of in the twilight of his career. And the Mets like blew it both years he was on the team. Mm-hmm. But he had that like crazy long hitting streak. Like he hit like in like the mid 300s, like low to mid 300s when he was with the Mets. Um, I liked him a lot. I was a big Moises Alou fan. I remember him being like a 320 hitter and he just yeah. didn't play a lot but when cuz he was like getting hurt all the time cuz he was like you know in his late late 30s he was but geriatric by that point he was solid and I, he's he's the batting stance I replicate the most oh yeah yeah he was he had a good one mine will yeah, always be no, Sheffield no well obviously yeah he's the man I can't even picture for some reason when I picture sh- Gary Sheffield like batting he always has a cigar in his mouth even though he obviously didn't chewing a cigar while in the major leagues, but dude, he totally did. He probably did. I'm probably I'd be so sick if a player correctly. did that. I could see Vogel back doing that. Oh yeah. <laughs> big time. Sick. Danny, Danny, Danny buckets. Danny All right, buckets. Eric, you're up, buddy. Yeah, go for it. All right. I thought of my player like seven hours ago, like in preparation for this. <laughs> and nice. I like read, I wrote notes on him. So when just, Ooh. all right. It's Jacob deGrom. Fuck. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Who's Alex, you go first. Alex. Did he play in the 2010s? Yes. Was he on the 2015 World Cha- uh, National League Championship team? No, oh, my God. That was so sad. You almost said World Series champions. Yeah. That was depressing. Uh, no. He, okay. Was he a starter? 
Um, not an everyday starter. No. Was he? He was a position player. Correct. Did we ask that already? I don't um, think you no, did. No, but when I I think it was implied when it said he didn't start every day. Okay. Pitchers so don't start every day. Alex. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so was sorry. he an outfielder? Yes. Okay. Um. When did Jeff Francoeur play? I'm gonna, well, I guess I already said his name. So Jeff Francoeur? Incorrect. Juan Lagares. <gasps> oh, oh, he was on the 2015 team, dummy. Mm-hmm. Fool. You fool. Has been. <laughs> um, oh, crap. Uh, uh, is he right-handed? Uh, that's actually funny. Uh, no. Oh. Did Was he a late 2010s guy? Uh, like po- like post twenty fifteen team. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Mm. Mike Baxter. No. He's a corner outfielder. Uh, no, not necessarily. Mm. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Mm. Okay. So post 2015, 2010s. Mostly so that no. means that we have mostly. So we have a mostly a center fielder. So mostly no, not a corner outfielder. So we have like a. a a window of time between like 2016 and 2019 that he could have played on those teams. Mm-hmm. Okay. Alex did, is it my turn? Um, I mean, I think I asked if he was a corner outfielder. I, I, uh, Brandon Nimmo. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not Brandon Nimmo. <laughs> he's a lefty center fielder. I don't know. Okay. Um, Some people still say he's a fourth outfielder. I don't know. Well, it's, it's Let's funny see. because Nimmo really does fit that mold, like earlier in his career, where it's like, well, he played, yeah, he played center, but didn't they also stick him in left a bunch? And yeah, at the very beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Is he homegrown? No. Okay. You want a hint? Yeah, sure. All right. He played for the Mets for one season. All right, and in that season, he appeared in the fourth most games. Oh Jesus Christ! Whoa. Is it, Joey, is it Joey Bats? No. Oh, no that, like, that'd be early teens, I think, right? That was pre-championship no. scene. Oh, Joey Bats was it 2018. 2018. Oh, my God. Yeah. Cursed years. That's right. That no, sucked, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, because the Blue Jays were in the playoffs those years. Oh, I know who it is. God damn it. Do you? Is it Alejandro Deaza? Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. Oh. You want to know yeah, my next? Yeah, he played... Yeah, yeah. He yeah. played like 130 games. He did. Yeah. Did Alejandro Diaz played in the fourth most games that year. Isn't not, that so sad? Not only that, but he had the fifth worst war. So he played in the fourth <laughs> most games. Oh, uh, that guy sucked. He sucked so bad. <laughs> he was he was bad. He was bad. And the Mets 2018 was awful. It was bad. Dude, dude, he I remember they tried to pa- the the Wilpons tried to pass him off as like Yoenis Cespedes's replacement, mm. like before they resigned Cespedes because he kind of fell into their lap. Like they were like, oh yeah, they signed Diaz, and you're like, well, this is this is who they're signing to replace Cespedes. Can I can I read you guys the players who the four players who had a worse war that season? Oh God, I would love to try to guess some of them. <laughs> okay, go for it. Uh, Twenty. So that was 2016. He was on the Mets. Twenty eighteen. No, 2016. 2016. Yeah. Oh, oh, no, Joey Bats is 2018. Yeah, yeah my bad. Because 2016, I remember that was like after the Cespedes thing where like they didn't know if they were going to resign him. Um, so fourth, oh, God. Uh, there are four players who, worse than him. 
that were like that were like really bad that year. Let's what see. an awful follow up to the World Series. Yeah, yeah. Right? so upsetting. <laughs> Alejandro Diaz. <Tiaza laughs> he, so <laughs> he was so trash. He was so trash. Um, Matt Harvey. No, uh, Matt Harvey w- w- was in the negatives, but no, not okay. below Alejandro Diaz. What was his what was his war? What was his F war? Minus uh I'm on baseball reference, so okay. is that does that make it B That's war? Fine. Yeah, R war. Uh the bore. Minus zero point four. Oh god, he was bad. Two of these and players there was are, four players worse than him? Yeah, two of them are still active. Two of them are still active. <laughs> oh god. I have no idea, dude. You just gotta tell us. Uh okay. Logan Verrett. Oh yeah, remember yeah. him? Yeah, 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 I remember him. Mm-hmm. Travis Darno. I was gonna guess Darno really? too. I didn't realize that he had that bad of a year though. Mm. Uh, Rafael Montero. Yeah, who Uh-oh. is now a stud for the Astros, right? He is. Yeah, he's a good reliever now. And this guy made. Well, I guess the last guy. He had the worst WAR on that team, and he made nine million dollars that season. Oh Jesus Christ. I'm scowling right now. But hold on. I can't even think. I'm just so upset. <laughs> it's is a, he a pitcher? Yeah, it's a little unfair. I, I mean, he only he only he only appeared in, in six games. <laughs> and he was a pitcher? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was a starting pitcher? I I think so. I mean, I feel like at some point they threw him in the pen, but I don't know if it was that year. Was it John Neese? Yes, it was. Yeah. Wow. They got him they reacquired him mid season. That's mm. right. Yep. Oh man! They they because they, they traded him for Neil Walker, right? And then mid season they traded Antonio Bastardo to the Pirates oh for him back. I have yeah. I have a few fun facts about Deaza before we wrap. Please this do. Up that yes, I feel like will make do. you laugh. He made five point seven five million dollars that season. Tommy Pham type money, which is five million dollars more than Jacob Degrom made that year. <laughs> oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> Isn't that insane? It's insane. That's disgusting. It's disgusting. Uh, and he currently plays for the Long Island Ducks. He's still on the Ducks? I guess so. He had, oh, he, that's sick. He hit over 300 last year. Bring Dude him back. fell in love with Long Island. He Bring fell in love with the island. <laughs> Bring him back. BHB. Right. Bring him you back. You said Tommy Pham money, and that made me cringe. Like, imagine if Tommy Pham racked up that many plate appearances for the Mets this year. <sighs> he might. Which, as a fourth outfielder, if there were any injuries, is super plausible and well, upsetting. N- Nimmo's our fourth outfielder, right? So yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, that's all. Right, he right, is. right, 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 right. Eric, right, right. thank you so much for joining us. You are welcome back anytime you would like to come back on. Thanks for having. It was me. a delight having you. Yeah, and really fun addition. I like. I, I like the way everything kind of rounded out today. Thank you guys for listening. Be sure to vote in the Mets Legends Dream Team voting, which will probably go into next week at this point. And make sure you follow us on Twitter at Mets Legends. I can be found on Twitter at RT Pearsall, P I E R S A L L. Alex Carigliano Michelli can be found at Seltzer underscore Poppy. And Eric is the Eric Ames. Correct, on Instagram and Twitter. There you go. So thank you guys so much, and we will see you next week. Peace. Toodles. Peace.